And if a parent is not doing the job that the parent is supposed to be doing, God is going to see that. He is going to see that that parent traumatized their child in some way. And God's going to take care of the parents. But as for the kids, even though it might be hard to respect a person who did a lot of damage in your life to you, God is still saying there needs to be some respect in place. And how that looks, I think, is different for each and every family. I think that's something that requires a lot of prayer and contemplation about how can I respect a parent that has done me a lot of harm. Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Luke. Happy Monday, friends and faithful listeners. I hope you had a fantastic weekend this past weekend. And let me know what you guys did. I actually celebrated my birthday. (laughs) Which is funny because my birthday was at the very beginning of this month. But, you know, it's just it's been busy. So we didn't get really a chance to celebrate my birthday. And I took my college and career group and we went swimming and uh, we did some different things. And it was just a lot of fun. And I really enjoyed having that birthday time with everybody. So let me know what you guys did. I love hearing from you guys. I love being in contact with you guys. If you do contact me, I always read it. And I do my best to get back to you when I can. But you know, if you want to contact me, if you want to talk to me about anything, if you have a prayer request, go to www.p40ministries.com slash contact. But you know, the giveaway is ending pretty soon, guys. You only have a couple more days to enter. So if you want to win a signed copy of my most recent book and one of the Lion of Judah tees, that I actually uh, hand drew myself, then please go and do the giveaway. All you have to do is rate and review the P40 Ministries podcast, take a screenshot of it, and just send it to me. That's literally all you have to do. And then you'll be entered into that giveaway, which that ends on the 31st. So definitely do that as soon as you can. But yeah, let's go ahead and talk about Leviticus 19 today, because that's what we're really here for. We're not here for giveaways. We're here to talk about the Bible and learn more about it. And uh, yeah, so let's talk about Leviticus 19, 1 through 12 today. I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel and tell them, You shall be holy, for I, Yahweh your God, am holy. Each one of you shall respect his mother and his father. You shall keep my Sabbaths. I am Yahweh your God. Don't turn to idols, nor make molten gods for yourself. I am Yahweh your God. When you offer a sacrifice of peace offerings to Yahweh, you shall offer it so that it may be accepted. It shall be eaten the same day you offer it and on the next day. But if anything remains until the third day, it shall be burned with fire. 
If it is eaten at all on the third day, it is an abomination and it will not be accepted. But everyone who eats it shall bear his iniquity because he has profaned the holy thing of Yahweh and that soul shall be cut off from his people. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field, neither shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest. You shall not glean in your vineyard, neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the foreigner. I am Yahweh your God. You shall not steal. You shall not lie. You shall not deceive one another. You shall not swear by my name falsely and profane the name of your God. I am Yahweh. So verse one here basically says what this entire thing that we just read is all about. It's about being holy. And God is basically telling his people how to be holy or rather extra stuff as to how to be holy. But actually, a lot of this is repeated. <laughs> so even though, um, you know, God is saying like, this, this is the way you're supposed to be holy. Much of this stuff, the people would have already known. It's just being repeated another time, which I find really interesting. God often repeats stuff to us. Like he repeats a lot of stuff to us because we forget. <laughs> we're really bad at remembering things. And we're really bad at knowing how to be holy too. So the fact that this stuff is all repeated is just kind of interesting. But a couple things aren't repeated. Ma mainly the first one, I think the first one I've seen that wasn't repeated yet and will be in the future is actually verse nine. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field. Neither shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest. And maybe that was, this is a re repeat from something in Exodus, but I don't remember reading about this yet. But yeah, even this verse here eventually gets repeated or is possibly already repeated. And I just don't remember. But yeah, so let's talk about verse one. You know, God says the reason his people need to be holy is because they're his people. They're his children. He has adopted them. And because God is holy, his people need to reflect God to the nations. So the people need to be holy because God is holy. And that's the same thing with you and me nowadays. You know, you and I are God's adopted children, right? And because we follow God, we also need to be holy or be set apart because God is holy. And this is going to show other people the way to live. Honestly, it's really not that much different nowadays than it was back in these days. God is still commanding us to be holy as Christians, as followers of Jesus. And he's commanding us to be holy because that's going to show people the correct way to live. It's like shining that light that Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter five, where we discuss that. And, you know, it, we're supposed to shine our lights to the people, to the dark world so that they see the way we live and they think it's attractive. And that's the point of shining our lights. That's the point of being set apart, being holy is is basically for that entire reason. And same thing for the children of Israel. They're supposed to be holy because it's going to show the nations at that time that the Israelites are different. Well, why are they different? You know, why are they, you know, holding themselves to a different standard? Why are they being blessed? Why is there no sickness in their camps? Like, why, why are they different from us? And then that will show the nations of the world the correct way to live. God even says himself that through the Israelites, the entire world would be blessed. So in verse three, it says that each one of you shall respect his mother and his father. So now God is getting into the nitty gritty of how people can be holy. Each one of you shall respect his mother and his father. I kind of find it interesting that mother is before father here. <laughs> and I, I mean, I would guess that is because 
mothers, even nowadays, really have the a lot of the brunt of the work of raising the children, at least traditionally. So yeah, I mean, God puts the mother first here that the the children are supposed to respect their mother and their father. And you know, it's this one is a hard one because what do you do when your parents, honestly, are awful people? They abused you in some way, they hurt you in some way, or they just aren't followers of God or they disrespect you. How do you respect somebody like that? And I mean, that's a tough question, but yet there should be some respect in place because God's going to take care of the parents and parents are an earthly representation of God in a sense that parents are supposed to be watching over their children. And if a parent is not doing the job that the parent is supposed to be doing, God is going to see that. He's going to see that that parent traumatized their child in some way. And God's going to take care of the parents. But as for the kids, even though it might be hard to respect a person who did a lot of damage in your life to you, God is still saying there needs to be some respect in place. And how that looks, I think, is different for each and every family. I think that's something that requires a lot of prayer and contemplation about how can I respect a parent that has done me a lot of harm. But no matter what you your conclusion is, I do believe that boundaries are actually very healthy, especially in adult children relationships with their parents. Boundaries are extremely healthy. And it's good to not have your parents walk, continue to walk all over you if they are unhealthy individuals and walk all over your marriage and, you know, try to destroy something that God put together, like your marriage. So it is important to set healthy boundaries with parents. And I don't believe that is a form of disrespect to do that. I believe that is putting your relationship first, your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your children. That's putting your relationships first, but also respecting your family members. Because in the end, if you hold your boundaries and your parents finally catch on, that's going to cause a lot less heartache and issues in the long run than if you just allow your parents to continue to walk all over you and continue to, you know, do their disrespectful things. And I'm not saying this is for every single family, but there are people that I know that this is an issue in their marriage relationships or even in their relationships with their children where their parents will kind of butt into that relationship and do more damage than they should. So as far as I'm concerned, boundaries are healthy and they require a lot of work and they're hard. But in the long run, they do do a lot of good. And I think that there is a healthy way to both set boundaries and respect your parents at the exact same time. But how you do that, I think, is different, like I said, for each person. And it requires a lot of learning. <laughs> but yeah, but either way, you're supposed to respect your mother and your father. You're just supposed to respect them. And God is going to take care of the rest. The second part of this verse says, you shall keep my Sabbaths. I am Yahweh, your God. We've already heard that one a handful of times. I mean, God is really big about taking that Sabbath because if God needed to rest on the seventh day after creating everything, certainly we need to rest and relax on the seventh day. And let me just tell you, I mean, it's hard. It's so hard to take that day off in today's culture. I mean, both my husband and I, we work for small businesses. I mean, I own P40 Ministries. It's so hard 
to take time off to, you know, rest and recharge when you're thinking about everything you need to do. I mean, yeah, it's it's tough, but it's almost like God is requiring this as a way to just learn to trust him that he will help you get your stuff accomplished. And I have been learning that I somehow God makes time for me. (laughs) When I say that, I mean, like, like somehow I just find time to get stuff done when I when I need it, like when I just desperately need time. He really does make it for me. And that happened to me just a couple days ago, man, like I was so stressed out. My car wouldn't start and it was 10 o'clock at night and I was like at the gym and I was like, oh my goodness. And so, (laughs) but you know, it all worked out in the end and God really protected me through that entire thing. Even though my car wouldn't start, like God protected me. Somebody pulled into the, the gym, somebody I knew. And so that person was helping me. I was able to call my husband and Um, You know, he wasn't out of town and he was able to help and it just worked out. And like even I hadn't had my episode scheduled yet for the next day, like it was finished. But I was like, oh, my gosh, it is late at night. I need to go get that episode like completed and up and done. And I was so stressed out about that. But like it just worked out. And I really do believe that God was uh, there with me during that time. And, you know, it's a matter of. Just knowing that God is going to take care of you, God is going to take care of uh, the work that needs to be accomplished. And my story with the car not starting has nothing to do with Sabbath day, (laughs) but more of like trust that God is going to help with tasks that we have to do, even if everything goes wrong for that day. But I mean, the same thing goes for the Sabbath. Like if you take time to rest and relax the way God wants you to do it, then I do believe he is going to help you complete tasks that uh, that you may think you have just no time for. And God is almost like calling his people to step out in faith and take a Sabbath day. But it's tough. It is very tough to do that one. That's, that's one I struggle with. I'll be honest with you. So then in verse four and five, this one, ta- well, verse four specifically talks about do not turn to idols nor make molten gods for yourself. I am Yahweh, your God. (laughs) I mean, once again, that one's pretty much a repeat. And uh, we already know what happened when the Israelite nation made that golden calf, which was a molten God, right? It was molten. So God says, don't do that. Don't turn to idols because he is your God. And I mean, I could say so many uh, profound things about that. about nowadays like what are you making your idol but yeah i'm not gonna do that today we'll talk more about that later but in verse five then it talks about this peace offering i mean we've talked about the peace offering a thousand times once again this is this is definitely a repeat and god talks about how it needs to be an accepted peace offering so if you're going to bring an offering to god do it the way god wants you to do it right don't just do it the way you think it needs to be done or the way uh you know it's supposed to be done the way God wants it to be done. No halfsies, right? And God is kind of talking about a halfsie here. Like the person brings the peace offering and you know that you're allowed to eat the peace offering with your family, but it was only supposed to be eaten for the first two days. And anything that was left over from that peace offering was supposed to be burned, completely burned. And I've gone into that before as to why God put that rule into place. And I'm not going to go into that here. But God is saying here, like, don't take half measures. Just do it the right way, you know, the way God requires it to be done. 
because otherwise this person is going to bear his iniquity. I mean, God's going to see it, right? And that person will bear his iniquity. So in verse 9 and 10, it talks about this uh, thing that we just talked about, which was leaving little pieces of your farm for the poor people and for the foreigners. (laughs) I like this. I think this is super cool that God put this rule in place. And this was protection. This was protection of poor people and of people passing through, that they were going to be able to have food. So God says in verse 10 specifically, you shall not glean your vineyard, nor shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the foreigner. I am Yahweh your God. It's taking care of the poor and the foreigners that they can go and, you know, um, take the grapes off the ground, the good grapes that have fallen. And God says, like, don't, don't take those ones, you know, don't take the ones that have fallen off the ground, leave them. And we know of a very famous story that this happened in. This was Ruth, right? The book of Ruth. There was a woman named Ruth. She was very poor and she went and gleaned in this, uh, in this big field and, The man who owned that field was named Boaz. He noticed her as a poor woman and uh, he allowed, he actually told his workers to drop extra for her, like drop extra food on the ground so that she could gather it and take it home. And so that was protection of the poor. And obviously God says, you know, God doesn't say that the people have to do that, like go to that length. That was something Boaz did in the kindness of his heart. But God's saying, like, don't be greedy with your stuff. Like, give, you know, give. That's something that Dave Ramsey is so big about. I don't know if you guys listen to Dave Ramsey, but he is so big about give, like giving your stuff because it blesses people and you're sharing your wealth. You're sharing the resources that God has given you, graciously given you so that you can help other people. You can give to other people with the stuff God has given you. So giving, I mean, in the Bible, God recommends it all the time. (laughs) And here's one passage in particular where God is recommending giving, giving to the poor and to the foreigners. Then in verse 11, it talks about not taking, you know, you shall not steal, right? I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory, but God says, don't take what's not yours. And those poor people, when they went into that, that field, they were allowed to take off the ground. That wasn't stealing. That wasn't considered wrong. But if they went in and started like, you know, harvesting all the crops, then that would be stealing. (laughs) And God talks about how you don't do that. I think we actually read that in Exodus where God says, like, don't take a sickle to your neighbor's field and like harvest all their stuff like that is that is wrong. But I mean, going in there and just taking off the ground, whatever drops that was not stealing because that was from the bounty of what the farmer had. He was giving to the poor. But obviously this poor person had to make sure that he was not going beyond what he was allowed to and uh, stealing by like trying to harvest his his rich neighbor's crops. Then after this, it says, you shall not lie. You shall not deceive one another. God is huge on truth, man. He's so big on truth. He loves truth so much. And I was reading something recently that, um, oh, what was it? I actually posted about it on Facebook. I think it was... Um, It wasn't Habakkuk, but oh, it was Zechariah. That's what it was, where God says, if you want me to bless you, pursue peace and truth. God loves truth. And he talks about in Zechariah how the people were lying all the time and not pursuing peace. And he says, you know, if you want me to bless you, you need to stop with the lies. 
We need to stop with the lies and start telling the truth because I love truth. I mean, God loves truth. So right here, he says, you shall not lie and you shall not deceive one another. Then in verse 12, one of the most famous passages, you shall not swear falsely by my name and profane the name of your God. I am Yahweh. I mean, this one is, is big because if you read further into the Old Testament, you will see how many, 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 many people, famous people, I think even like David would swear falsely by God's name. I think there was a a verse, I was just reading it recently in like first or second Samuel, where David said, if I don't kill you, may God strike me dead. And like he took that vow on himself. But of course, David did not end up killing that man. But that that was something that the Israelite people literally started doing was swearing falsely by God's name. And so we, we shouldn't be saying, you know, I swear to God. <laughs> That's kind of exactly what God is saying here. Like, don't say, don't swear on my name, you know, or don't swear falsely by my name. And also don't profane the name of your God. And that could take on any any forms whatsoever, profaning God's name. I mean, that could take on the form without go, going too in-depth. That could take on the form of just, you know, being somebody that says that you're a Christian, you believe in Jesus, but doing the exact opposite. That could take on any form, really. And some people even say that, you know, swearing, like using Jesus's name in a swear word, would be profaning Jesus's name. But yeah, friends, I mean, this was pretty much a breakdown of Leviticus 19, uh, 1 through 12, and just different ways that God commands his people to be holy. And many of these things just translate over to nowadays, really. I mean, the giving, the making sure you respect your uh, mother and father, uh, even, you know, not doing things in half measures, even though we don't do peace offerings anymore. God is saying, like, if you're going to do something for me, don't take a half measure. So, yeah, I mean, much of this stuff we can definitely take from and apply to our lives now. But friends and faithful listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I'm just so thankful that you're here with me and uh, continuing to go strong with the uh, P4E Ministries podcast. But you know, don't forget to do that giveaway. I'm going to drop a link to it in the bio of this podcast episode. Until then, guys, happy listening and God bless. <laughs>